0: Welcome to Awaken Life Church podcast.
1: For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Daniel willet Good morning. How's everybody doing? Everybody awake? How many, how many had your coffee? How many don't like coffee? Okay, okay, everybody extend your hands to the one. We're going to pray for them right now. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm excited. My spirit's excited. Sometimes my emotions are still coming along, but my spirit's excited to, to share this message with you this morning. Um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to speak about joy in the spirit. So last week we talked about uh, joy in the spirit. We talked about the relationship between our, our spirit, our soul, and our body. Oh, I, do, I don't want to forget this. I almost forgot. We have a testimony I want to share um come on up come on up did she go oh okay we'll wait we'll wait okay <laughs> we will wait <laughs> that's okay <laughs> it's okay well I have another one I can share in the in the meantime um we had another testimony that came in uh this week that was really awesome and uh yeah come on up yeah I'll just, I'll just let you share that one now and then I'll share the other one we got two awesome testimonies and I don't want to I don't want to skip them they're too good so, yeah, c- come on up. Introduce yourself and go ahead and share. Okay.
0: Well, my name is Linda Gilmore, and my husband is with me here, Fran Gilmore. And uh, I'd come to church, and I heard about a meet-the-pastor's meet the luncheon, and there was a lady here. Who were you? I had asked you, could I come? And uh I don't know. I can't remember. It was you. Yes. And I said, I didn't know about it, but can I come anyway? I wanted to go and meet the pastors because they're so precious. They were so humble. And I just began to love them. I was sitting at the table over there, and I had the blessing of sitting directly across from the pastors the whole time. And I just, there was a door open for me to begin to tell them why I was here. And so they wanted to pray for me. So they stood up. Pastor Joy just, I think, without even thinking, she just put her hand on my head and began to prophesy. And she said, I prophesy long life to you. And I knew it was God. I knew it was God because it just came out of you without you even thinking. And I know that was God. And then this this Pastor Humble got down on the floor, and he began to pray for my feet. I was prayed for from head to toe for cancer. And I didn't tell him this at all, but I was going through something very painful that would happen after all the chemo, and it was called neuropathy. And anytime I went for a walk, anytime I went for a hike or anything, after I would get done, the pain in my feet, it hurts so bad the nerves. And he didn't know about this from the moment he laid his hands and prayed for me. I have never had that again. Never, not even once. So a miracle from head to toe had for me the Lord had for me. And I just wanted to share that and just how God is faithful and what God can do even when we're not aware and the evidence of it. So I'm just here to praise the Lord and believe the Lord to be cancer free and that it'll never come back. And we're going to step into the ministry that we came to Texas for. Amen.
1: Amen. That was awesome. This just in, Jesus is Lord over cancer. He's Lord over feet issues, neuropathy. Amen. (laughs) Oh, man, and we had another testimony, too, that uh, somebody got prayed for. This is when Chris Kildosher, Chris, if you're watching, we love you. This is when Chris was here. Uh, He called out diabetes, and uh, somebody got prayed for for diabetes, and then they went back to the doctor, and they were doing tests, and they're like, I thought you said you had, like, pre-diabetes and they're like yeah I've had it for years and they're like no you don't have it they're like no no I've had it for years and they're like no it's you don't have it and then they were like oh yeah Chris prayed for me for that I guess I got healed <laughs> so thank you Jesus God is so good all right so this this message is joy in the spirit part two what a good testimony thanks for sharing your background such a good testimony Honored that you guys are here, just joining us. Appreciate you guys. This is uh, joy in the spirit, part two. So there's always joy in the spirit. This is something I've just been saying as I've been just uh, walking around. You know, the last two three weeks. Just there's always joy in the spirit. There's always joy in the spirit, and it's just this revelation that I, I want to get that if I can connect to what's happening in my spirit, that's connected to Jesus Christ, it's connected to the Holy Spirit. If I can access that. If I can realize what's happening, that can come out into the forefront. It can come into my emotions and into my mind. But there's always joy in the Spirit, and we can lead our mind and our emotions by the Spirit. Amen? So I just want to review last week a little bit. Uh, we talked about the fact that we are uh, human beings, that we as human beings, were are th- three parts. God is three parts, He is the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and he created us in his image and in his likeness to be three parts. We are a spirit, we have a soul, and we have a body. And the body is the one part of us that's not eternal. It's actually the the part that we can actually see is is the one part of us that's not eternal. The parts that we can't see are the eternal parts. And so we are spirit, soul, and body and the spirit is the part of you that Jesus was talking about when he said this. He said, he who believes in me will never die. He who believes in me will never die. We know the body's going to die, but Jesus wasn't speaking about our body. And so that gives us a clue that this is not who we are. He was speaking to our spirit, which will never die. So, so you, it could be said, if he said, he who believes in me will never die, it could be said, he who does not believe in me will die. So this gives us a clue of what Jesus' definition of death is. Jesus' definition of death is being cut off from God. Because he said, he who believes in me will never die. You'll never be cut off from God. You're going to be in complete union with God from the moment you accept Christ for eternity. But he who doesn't believe in me will face what Jesus defines as death, which is going to be one day they'll be completely cut off from God. God's definition is the same when he talks to Adam and Eve in the garden. He says, if you eat of this tree, you're going to die. And we know they didn't die a physical death immediately. They did eventually. But what he was talking about, he was in perfect communion with them. And he says, if you eat of this tree, you're going to cut off that perfect communion that we have together. And we know that's what Jesus came and restored for us, that we have again. We have perfect communion in our spirit with Jesus Christ. So we have our spirit, and we have a soul. That's another eternal part of us. We'll have our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions for eternity. And especially on the earth, most people, like, live out of this realm. And and probably I would say most Christians live out of this realm live out of our mind realm, live out of our, of our emotion realm, but we're actually not meant to live out of that realm. We're supposed to live out of the spirit realm and let our spirit lead our soul, our mind, will, and our emotions. So God loves and values your soul. He loves your emotions. He loves your mind. He loves those things very much. He loves your free will. It's, it's really important to God that we have our free will. But those things are just not meant to drive those things are not supposed to be the, the driving, you know, in the driver's seat of your life. Your spirit is what's supposed to lead your life. So we talked about the body is a, the third part of us. It's, it's our physical body. It's the part of us that's not eternal, but we want to honor our body. The, the Bible also says that, the body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. So the body is the temple of your spirit, and the, and the Holy Spirit's connected to your spirit. So we value our body. We want to take care of it. We, we like it. It's awesome, but it's not, uh, it's not who we really are. Here's the really good news. Romans eight eleven it says, And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, He who raised Jesus Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Well, we just heard an awesome testimony about that. So because the Spirit of God lives inside of you, it will actually quicken. And some translations says quicken our body. This is why a Christian should expect to live in divine health. The Spirit of God lives inside of you. And we should expect that because of the Spirit of God living inside of us, because of what we just read, that that Spirit is going to quicken us, that we don't fear sickness. We believe that we have complete victory over sickness. We believe that God, the Holy Spirit lives in us and that we can expect to live and walk in divine health. This is your right as a believer in Jesus Christ. Okay, did you know that the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, it's already been established on the earth? Let me say it again. The kingdom of God has already been established on the earth. So I know that there will be a day when the place of heaven comes to earth, but that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about something different. So let me, t- let me just shoot you this scripture. It helps, helps us understand what I'm talking about. Luke chapter 17. Jesus was asked... By religious leaders, they ask him, when will God's kingdom come? Jesus, when's the kingdom going to come? Jesus responded, and he said this, the kingdom of heaven, it's already here, and it's within you. In some translations, it says it's in your midst. What that the word actually means is within. It's within you. It's within you. It's already here, Jesus says. Imagine their surprise. When's the kingdom going to come, Jesus? He says it's already here. And it's within you. So the kingdom of God has already been established on the earth. You, here's the revelation, you are a walking kingdom of heaven on earth. You're a walking kingdom of heaven. You have the spirit of Christ living inside of you. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. The kingdom of heaven is righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. You carry the kingdom within you. And you're a walking kingdom here on earth. Romans 14, 17, this is Paul, this is what he said, for the kingdom of God, It's the verse I just said, by the way, the kingdom of God, when Jesus talked about the kingdom of God, most of the time, he's not talking about the place of heaven, and, and they were, don't worry, if you're confused about that, it's okay, they were confused back then too, because they said, Jesus, when's the kingdom gonna come, and he says, it's already come, it's here, it's within you, and they're like, what, what are you talking about, it's not come, we're, we're in disaster. Our, our country is, is occupied by Rome. This, is, this doesn't look good. That's not kingdom. He's like, no, it's here. It's already here. It's within you. So when Jesus talks about the kingdom of heaven, most of the time he's not talking about the place of heaven. He's talking about the kingdom realm where the Holy Spirit is present and where like when we declare this, there's an open heaven We believe like, okay, there's an open heaven in this place where the kingdom realm can come and reign and where sicknesses get healed, where depression gets destroyed, where people get pulled out of this earthly realm and they experience the kingdom realm. So you are a walking kingdom of heaven here on earth. So Romans 14, 17, for the kingdom of God, which means the kingdom realm, it's not eating and drinking. That's the flesh. That's the physical realm. He says it's not about the physical realm, but it's righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So the kingdom realm is the fact that it's in Christ, you already have heaven inside of you. Righteousness, peace, and joy. And the revelation that we need to have is that we're always connected to righteousness, peace, and joy In the Holy Spirit, it's inside of us, it's within. So we talked about last week the fact that your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know yet. Your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know yet. 1 Corinthians 2.16, we're going to review this again later, but it says, We have the mind of Christ. So what this actually means, and we're going to dig into this again later, but it says, what this means is we know what God's, what's, we know what's on God's heart and what's on his mind in our spirit. We actually know what's on God's heart in our spirit. That's why our spirit can know things that our mind doesn't know yet. And I shared some extreme examples of that last week. I shared about a couple, and I was corrected by the Holy Spirit. I mean, by my wife <laughs> last week. When I told uh, that story, I said there was a couple that for 10 plus years were not able to have a child. Well, actually, it was 17 years, which, which I said, <laughs> 10 plus years, 17, 16. 16, 16 years. So what I said was 16 is technically, you know, 10 or more than 10 is technically 16. <laughs> so we, were, we have a saying, we're, we were both right. I was just less right. That's our saying. right? Like, honey, I'm so sorry. You were right. I was less right. <laughs> so I was less right. 16 years. And then they got, pre- I didn't sh- finish the story uh, last week. They got pregnant within a year after we d- Joy declared over them, you are going to have a baby. And it was by the spirit. Her mind was like, whoa, what just, that got away from me. It didn't clear that with my brain. But it just came out of her spirit. They just had their their second child. I didn't know that. (laughs) Wow, that is so awesome. Yes, Lord. (laughs) That is so awesome. I did not know that. Wow. So they brought baby number one. They need to bring baby number two. They brought baby number one here um, sometime after that. And so we got to meet baby number one. That's amazing. Didn't know that. Thanks for sharing that. So sometimes your spirit knows things that your mind doesn't know, and I shared another example about being in India, and there was a lady who was oppressed of the enemy, and my spirit just knew, like, oh, this thing has no chance, and uh, we got to see her get delivered. But more like every day, things that we experience that our spirit knows things that our mind doesn't know yet is just, we can see something, maybe it's a, a financial decision, maybe it's something you know, that's like we're considering in our life and we can like on paper and in our brain, it can seem like this is the right thing to do. But there can be something that's like, but I just don't feel peace about it. Okay, this can be your spirit that knows things that your brain doesn't know. Your brain can say this makes total sense. This seems like a good decision, but your spirit, God's spirit is connected to you and knows all things and knows things that we can't see And that could be that thing that's saying like, hey, don't do this. I know it looks good in your soul, your mind, but this is something that God has more sight than you do. He sees it farther down the road than you do, and he's giving you a caution. So your spirit will know all kinds of things that your brain doesn't know. And so that's why it's so important to be in tune with our spirit. And this is part of what I hope to accomplish in this series for myself, honestly, and for all of you, is that we become more aware of our spirit being, that we become more aware of what's happening in the spirit, like we have access to the mind of Christ. So what is Jesus saying? What's on God's heart? What's happening in the spirit realm? Because we can't access it from our soul realm in the mind. It has to come from the the spirit realm. And that's something you can grow in. Okay, where are we at? So we talked about declarations. Declarations are directing your flesh with your spirit. When you're making a declaration, you're saying something that's, like if you, if you make it, if you declare a scripture, if you say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. You're actually saying something that God has said by his spirit. You're saying it out of your spirit. And you're saying, brain, this is what we need to believe. Brain, this is truth, and it begins to break lies in our, in our mind, and it's what the Bible calls the renewing of the mind. Okay, so last week I talked a lot about spirit and body. Today I want to touch more on spirit and soul. So in Psalm 23, 3, David says this. This is, Psalm 23 is one of my favorites. I'm sure a lot of people here just love Psalm 23, And in the middle of Psalm 23, he says, God, you restore my soul. David talked a lot about the soul. He said, God, you restore my soul. And so this is a process, and man, you can do this. I I went through a period of two years where I prayed the 23rd Psalm every single morning. And every morning when I would get to that spot, I would just say, Lord, I invite you to come and restore my soul. You know, we can have things happen from the previous day. Like, hard moments, uh, things in our emotions that don't feel good, things in, around us that are happening that are, you know, maybe bringing, like, a mental strain, and we can just come into that place where we're like, Lord, I need you to restore my soul. It's like a recalibration, like, Lord, let me, let what, what's happening in your spirit come and impact what's happening in my emotions. That's like a a reset of my emotions and a reset of my mind. We're recalibrating. So David said, he restores my soul. God cares about your soul. He cares about your emotions. He cares about your mind. Your spirit is connected to the Holy Spirit, and the Spirit of God will restore the soul. So that word restore means repair, renovate, Or return to former condition. How many know your spirit doesn't need repair? (laughs) Your spirit's in perfect communion with Jesus. Your spirit in him, you have been made complete. Your spirit's already in perfect communion. It's perfectly righteous. It's perfectly complete. But our emotions are are catching up. Our emotions and and our mind is what needs renewing and restoring and repairing. And so the renewing of the mind is this process where we're trying to get our mind and we're trying to get our emotions to catch up to our spirit, what our spirit already knows. That's why a good declaration is, I am the righteousness of God in Christ especially when you don't feel that. You're like, I don't feel that in my emotions, but your spirit knows it. Your spirit's like, you are the righteousness of God in Christ. It's like rising up in your spirit. And when we partner with it, we're just like, brain, this is what you're going to believe. We are the righteousness of God in Christ. And it's powerful. I remember I spent a whole day once, and I just like, I'm like, okay, I'm going to I'm just going to confess this one thing just over and over today. And just all day, just for a whole day I was working. It was actually when we were putting up this wall. And just all day, it was just, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. Just like, you know, under my breath. Or I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. And man, your mind and emotions will come on fire when you're directing them by your spirit. They, they like come alive. And I started by, the, by like several hours after just continuing declaring this, I started to feel like something really powerful just welling up in my emotions. And I was like, just looking at just like, even just being here and just doing this simple thing. I was just like, well, I feel like a righteous king. And I'm just putting, you know, wood on the wall. And I was with a few other people and I was like, oh, and I'm just with these righteous kings and we're just getting to do this project. So your spirit doesn't need repair because it's in perfect communion with Jesus. This is, this is a process of accessing what's already true in your spirit. Your soul is what needs to catch up. Okay, I love this verse. David says this, Psalm 42, 5. He says, why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you in despair, my soul? Is your spirit ever in despair? Never. Your spirit's full of hope. It's full of peace. It's full of life. But he's speaking about his soul, his emotions, his mind. Why are you in despair, my soul? Why are you restless within me? Then he says this, hope in God, spirit. Hope in God, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence, spirit. I love the passion translation. It says this, soul, why are you so depressed? That's real. David is talking to himself. He's talking to himself, emotions, what's going on? Why are you depressed? Hope in God, directing his emotions back to spirit. Hope in God, emotions. I know you're, you're, not, you're not quite there yet. You're not quite there with what's happening in the spirit. Hope in God, hope in God. We're going to praise him again for the help of his presence. David's talking to himself. I believe you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. Some people think you're crazy if you do talk to yourself. I believe you're crazy if you don't talk to yourself. You need to direct your soul, and you can do it with your mouth. That's your flesh partnering with the Spirit. By the way, when you speak in tongues, it's your flesh partnering with the Spirit. You, you speak in tongues from your flesh. But Paul said, when I speak in tongues, he's like, my flesh doesn't even understand what's happening. He's like, but I'm just, I'm just using my flesh to partner with what the Spirit wants to say. He's like, my flesh, my brain doesn't understand it. But God's doing something through my flesh. This is partnering our flesh with Spirit. Partnering our soul with Spirit. So you, some of you guys need to start talking to yourself. David said, hope in God, for I will again praise him for the help of his presence. I love David. He's just one of my favorite people to read about. I've read 1 and 2 Samuel probably as much as any other passage that I've read. I just love reading about David's life. But his life parallels our lives, and it parallels the human experience really well. Because he had great victories, and he had big challenges, You know, one of the amazing things about David is at his high points, he praised and worshiped God. And at his low points, he praised and worshiped God. One of the really awesome things we can take from David, one of the reasons I believe God was like, oh, this is a man after my own heart. In the valleys, he praises and worships me. In In the mountain peaks, he praises and worships me. No matter what season David was in, he knew how to lead his soul. He knew how to lead his soul, and he knew how to worship. So you can direct your soul with your spirit. David is speaking to his soul, literally speaking to his soul. Why are you in despair, oh, my soul? Hope in God. He's telling his soul to connect to God, connect to hope. Your spirit's full of hope. So how can we direct our souls by the spirit? So the Bible says don't be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. This is the process of bringing our mind and bringing our emotions into unity with what's happening in the spirit and getting them to believe the truths the truths that our spirit already knows. So how do you renew your mind? By leading it with your spirit, which is connected to the mind of God. So last week I talked about declarations. That's one of the ways you can direct your mind by the spirit. But here's another way I want to give you. Here's another way that we can direct our soul by our spirit. Lead our soul man by our spirit man. In Psalm 139, 14, David says this, Wonderful are your works. Wonderful are your works, God, and my soul knows it very well. Again, David knew how to direct his soul. He says, God, wonderful are your works, and my soul knows it very well. We can direct our souls, and this is what I believe David did. I believe David just feasted on the testimonies of God. I believe he feasted on the goodness of God in his soul. He says, my soul knows the wonderful works of God very well. If you want to see your emotions come alive, your your mind come alive, feast on the works of God. It's a calibration of getting those things to catch up with what God knows in the spirit. This is another way that you can direct your soul. Feast on the works of God. This is feeding our minds the testimony of God. When you feast on the works of God, it will impact your emotions. You'll see a positive impact in your emotions. This is why, you know, this is why we have worship. We start our service with worship. And this is kind of why everybody does it this way. It's like, if, if you've ever wondered, like, why do we do that? Why don't we just, why, why can't we just sing afterwards, you know? <laughs> we're, we're being calibrated in worship. We're, like, coming into worship, and it's like we worship God because he's God, and we love him. But what happens as a byproduct of just worshiping the Lord is like our spirits are waking up and they're coming to the surface and they're like connecting. That's why we're declaring all these things and they're connecting with God's truths, connecting with what he's saying and our spirit just kind of wakes up and comes alive and then it's like, then it's ready to receive the word. Does that make sense? So we want to feast on the works of God. This is feeding our minds the testimony of God. When you feast on the works of God, it will impact your emotions. David said this I have more insight than all my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. I have more insight than my teachers because your testimonies are my meditation. Feasting on testimonies will give you godly insights. One of the reasons we have our testimony wall over there. And by the way, there's a whole bunch more that need to go up. I know I'm I'm one of the people that need to put up a couple. But yeah, put up your testimony. If you have a healing that God's done, you have a financial miracle, you have any of those things, relation relationship, any of those things, inner healing. Put them up there because this so encourages us, and we want to feast on these testimonies. And when you guys are not here, I'm over there, and I'm reading through those, and I'm just letting those impact my mind and impact my spirit. So we want to feast on the works of God. Feasting on testimonies will give you godly insight. We start to think like God does. Now, conversely, feeding on the cares of this world will give you worldly insight. And the Bible says that the wisdom of this world is foolishness to God. So we're feasting on the facts of this world, the cares of this world. It'll give you worldly insight. But worldly insight is, the Bible says, it's actually foolishness to God. The wisdom of this world will lead you to all kinds of crazy conclusions that war against what God says is true. This story, I've shared it before. It's one of my favorite stories. It's uh, uh, my friend Levi, our friend Levi, his, uh, his, one of his stories. But he, uh, this, just the way this story starts out is just great. It's just priceless. Him and his other friend, who are both Christians, tricked their atheist friend into going to a healing meeting. That's just a great start to a story. <laughs> so they got, they got him. I don't know how they did it, but they tricked their friend into going to a healing meeting. This guy, he, he, Levi says, really sharp guy, super smart. And his intellect has brought him to this lie of atheism. So God totally set him up. He sits next to his atheist friend, sits next to a blind woman who gets called out for healing. And his atheist friend watched this woman's eyes go from glossy to full color, and and he watched her get her sight. And this was all the Holy Spirit because the guy who was praying for her didn't even know them, but he looked right at the, the atheist friend and goes, blind eyes open. I love that story. So Levi says, he came in, an atheist, he left agnostic. He's like, I can't. I can't discern what just happened. I can't hold on to that anymore. I, I, all of a sudden, I'm not sure now. Went from atheist to agnostic. Something cracked in his beliefs. That lie of athe- atheism cracked. And he left and said, okay, I guess I'm agnostic now. <laughs> and he got saved, actually, eventually. And now he's an evangelist for Jesus. Now he tells people about Jesus. The wisdom of the world will lead you to all kinds of crazy conclusions that war against what God says is true. Atheism is just a a lie that wars against the truth of God. And there's always a key to crack that thing, by the way. We don't need to be discouraged around atheists. There's always a key to crack that. So people who are feasting on the wisdom of this world can sometimes look at us like we're crazy. It happened to me a couple times this week. The wisdom of this world, especially, let's just talk about, hmm, how do I say this? The wisdom of this world, especially when it comes to, like, doctors and medicine, who we value highly, can sometimes lead people to a road of hopelessness and death. And so I'm talking to someone this week, And he's telling me all the problems with with his wife, all these medical issues, and he's not not a Christian. And something just rose up in my spirit, and I'm like, I can either tell him or not. It's not going to help him if I don't tell him. And I just told him, I said, man, I've seen that healed by the power of God. And this guy's a real talkative guy, and he just got quiet. He just looked at me. And I know he's thinking, like, I'm pretty sure he's not crazy because I've known him for a few years. But it's like when someone's feasting on the wisdom of this world, doctors told them this is incurable, this is something you'll always have, you'll always have to take this medication, you'll always have to do this, and then all of a sudden you say, God heals that. It's like ping, just like bounces off. (laughs) They're like, no, that doesn't compute with me. I had another friend that he was, um, he was praying for this lady who was sick, and He was like, yeah, can I pray for He was with this lady and her husband. He says, yeah, can I pray for that? And the husband looked at him and he goes, you don't understand. This is incurable. And he goes, you don't understand. Jesus can heal anything. (laughs) There's no such thing as incurable with Jesus. But the wisdom of this world gets people stuck. And it happens to Christians. And it's really, really sad to see. I have compassion for people who are stuck there. I have compassion for Christians that are stuck there. I'm like, wow, man, that's... That's a tough one. You know, we, we want to try to pull them out of that so that they even can believe for their own healing. Okay. Our job is to feast on the goodness of God. Feast on the works of God. That's one way we direct our mind and our emotions. How do we do that? The testimonies of the Bible, your testimony, other people's testimony. That's why we put those up there. Feast on what God's doing, feast on what He's done. Don't get stuck focusing on what He hasn't done yet. Feast on what He's done. Calibrate your mind with what He's done. The cornerstone of our theology, and Bill Johnson talks about this, has to be God is good. God is good. It's the cornerstone. Of, it's the piece that everything gets built on. If we, built it, if we build it on, well, God sometimes heals. God is sometimes good. He sometimes is not. That's a, that's a wall that's going to crumble eventually. And it causes people to walk away and be like, eh, I just don't, you know, it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, the beginning piece of our theology has to be God is good the grace of God, the righteousness of God, identity. Okay, here's another question. How can we discern the difference between what our spirit wants and what our soul wants? That's a good question. I'm glad you asked. How can we discern the difference between what our spirit wants and what our soul wants? And I'll I'll throw flesh in there. The flesh has desires. How do we know the difference between flesh, soul, and spirit of what's, what wants what? Well, there's a really good verse for this. Hebrews 4.12. It says this, and I'm reading from the Passion Translation. It says, we have the living word of God. We have the living word of God. And this is, this, when it says word here, it's the word logos, which is the Bible, I know we all grew up saying logos, but it's actually the real pronunciation is logos, and I'm just trying to say the right word here. I'm just trying to do the right thing. It's logos. So we this is talking about the the word of God, the Bible. It says we have the living word of God, and it says, which is full of energy. It's full of life. It's full of energy. It's the only book in the world that contains life. It actually is life-giving. And Jesus Christ is on every page. And it it gives life as we read it, as we put it in, and we receive life. We have the living word of God, which is full of energy. It's like a two-mouthed sword. And get this, it says, it will even penetrate, which some translations says divides, It will even divide the very core of our being where soul and spirit and bone and marrow, flesh, meet. It interprets and reveals the true thoughts and secret motives of our hearts. So what is this saying? The word of God will help you discern what is a fleshly desire, what is a soul desire, and what is a spirit spirit desire. I heard another pastor say this and it always stuck with me. He says, you read books, but the Bible reads you. It says, all other books, you read them, but when you read the Bible, it's reading you. It's showing you what's flesh, what's soul, and what's spirit. Isn't that powerful? How can we discern? That's one way we can discern. The living word's full of energy. It's full of life, and it helps us divide flesh, soul, and spirit. We're complex beings. This is like, there's a lot of mystery in this. and I'm learning and I want to continue to learn. There's so much mystery in this. We're very complex. This is, this, this is a lot happening here. There's a, there's a lot happening here. And so this is, this is something we're going to learn on forever. But I think it's such a powerful revelation knowing that we are spirit beings. Knowing that we have our spirit connected to the Holy Spirit at all times. Knowing that our spirit's connected to Jesus at all times. But we are very, very complex. John 7, 38 says this. The one who believes in me, this is Jesus. He says, the one who believes in me, as scriptures said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. The Bible talks about the inner man and the outer man. This is the outer man what we can see, the inner man is the spirit man. He says, from his innermost being will flow living waters. The, the King James, the old translations say, from your belly. That's interesting because I've always felt like my spirit's somewhere around here. And the, and the old King James says, from your belly will flow rivers of living water. It's the spirit man. So I want to end with this today. The kingdom of heaven has come. And it's within you. And it wants to get out. It wants to to come out. It's your spirit, man. And we need to become more aware of our spirit so that we can live out of the spirit. So that the spirit can begin to drive. Your intellect's not meant to drive. Your emotions are not meant to drive. Your flesh is not meant to drive. Your spirit's meant to drive. Those things are great servants, but they're terrible masters. 1 Corinthians 2.16, is the last verse of the day. And I already read it, but I'm going to expound on it. It says, for who has understood the mind of the Lord so as to instruct him, but we have the mind of Christ. Another translation says this, who can know the thoughts, the, who can know the Lord's thoughts? another translation. Here's another translation. Has anyone ever known the thoughts of the Lord or given him advice? But we understand what Christ is thinking. I like that one. We understand what Christ is thinking. Lastly, I'm going to read it in the Passion. This is so good. I'm going to read a couple extra verses around it. So this is 1 Corinthians 2, 14 through 16 in the Passion says, someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit. Did you get that? Don't be surprised when you encounter people who don't know Jesus who are living on an entire humanly level. That shouldn't shock us. would be like, that makes sense to me, actually. They don't know Jesus. Someone living on an entirely human level rejects the revelations of God's spirit for they make no sense to him. He can't understand the revelations of the Spirit because they are only discovered by the illumination of the Spirit. That's when Jesus comes in and becomes one with our Spirit. Those who live in the Spirit, this is us, are able to carefully evaluate all things, and they are subject to the scrutiny of no one but God. Verse 16. For who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord Yahweh well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we possess Christ's perceptions. Are you guys getting this? Am I just getting it? Who has ever intimately known the mind of the Lord well enough to become his counselor? Christ has, and we have Christ's perceptions. Is this waking you up to how amazing your spirit is? We have Christ's perceptions. Will you stand to your feet this morning? Jesus, we just thank you. We thank you that we have the mind of Christ. We thank you that our spirit is alive right now. It's full of hope. It's full of joy, it's full of peace, and it's completely righteous. God, we just pray that you make us more aware of our spirit man and what is happening in the spirit realm. We just pray that you just show us how to live out of this spirit place, how that we can guide our emotions, how we can guide our mind, how we can guide our flesh by the spirit. Romans 8, 14 says, those who are being led by the spirit are the sons of God. We are being led by the Spirit. So we thank you that the sons of God, what our inheritance is that we are being led, we're able to be led by the very Spirit of God himself. So God, make this more real in our life. We just pray that our spirits would rise up in us, and I just speak to all of you this morning, and I speak to your spirits to rise up. Rise up, rise up, lead the emotions, lead the mind, lead the body. We love you, body, but you can't lead. We love you emotions, but you can't lead. We love you intellect, but you can't lead. Our spirit's going to lead because it's connected to the Holy Spirit and it's connected to Jesus and we have Christ's perceptions in our spirit. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus.